Good morning, this is Eileen Epps Hamilton within the Word Ministries, and I'd like to welcome you to this week's edition of Morning Reflections, where we help you begin your day with God. We're continuing our series as we enter into this season of Lent. And as we described on last week, Lent is the, that six-week observance where we walk with Jesus as he makes his way to the cross and hopefully take on a whole new understanding of what it means to be Christ's disciple. Today, we're gonna to focus on the topic of our sinless savior. Our scripture comes out of Hebrews 4:15, For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin, Hebrews 4 and 15. Last week, we introduced the topic of uh, Lenten season, and we talked about how Christ became a partaker of our flesh and blood. And the reason he did that was so that he would fulfill his purpose, his role in God's plan of salvation. And lots of questions come up around why he had to do the things that he did. We addressed three of those on last week. First was that so Christ would satisfy the righteous requirement of law um, in Romans 8 and 4. We know that ceremonially, without the shedding of blood, there could be no forgiveness of sins. Number two said that Christ would be able to share in our humanity. Hebrews 2 and 17 talks about we have a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God who makes atonement for the sins of his people. And finally, and most importantly, is that so Christ might defeat Satan and free believers from the power of sin. Romans 6, 6 through 7 talks about being reconciled to Christ and no longer being tied to sin. During Lenten season, many questions come forth around the topic of how does one reconcile Christ's deity and his humanity? This is not a new question and has been argued by religious scholars since the advent of Christ. Even today, I have heard preachers infer that Christ was not sinless. Perhaps they do this to help parishioners identify with their personal struggles to live holy lives. Instead of being helpful, however, these misguided efforts instead lead many believers astray. So let me say this for a fact, that um, Christ was our sinless Savior. How do we live holy? We're going to talk a little bit about that on next week. It is true that Christ and his humanity experience similar feelings and emotions as we face daily. He wept, he expressed frustration and anger, he loved, he exhibited his greatest humanity in the Garden of Gethsemane. One could say Jesus was overwhelmed, yet he set his face steadfastly to the cross affirming his commitment to God's divine purpose. So why is Christ's sinless nature so important? How does Christ's sin, 
selflessness fit in God's plan of salvation? Most importantly, was Christ really sinless? Why is Christ sinless so important? The Levitical system of sacrifice and offerings was established to outline how God was to be worshipped and how Old Covenant ritual was to be fulfilled. This system included sacrifices and offerings which symbolized the worshippers desire to express faith and love for God as well as their desire to be purged of sin. And you can refer to Leviticus 1 through 7 chapters um, in order to learn more about that. When animal sacrifices were required, they were to be free from deformity, free from disease, free from defect. To satisfy God's righteous requirement for sin, Jesus acted as the perfect, sinless sacrifice sent from God to take away, not to cover, but to take away sins. Hebrews 9 and 28. Was Christ sinless? I leave you these scriptures to commit to your memory so that you have no doubt that Jesus is our sinless Savior. Christ is our high priest. And this one comes from Hebrews 4, 15. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like we were yet without sin. That's Hebrews 4, 15. The next scripture comes out of 2 Corinthians 5, 21. Christ our reconciler. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. 2 Corinthians 5 and 21. The next scripture, Christ our Redeemer. 1 John 3, 5. And you know that he was manifested to take away our sins. And in him there was no sin. That's 1 John 3, 5. The next scripture, Christ our eternal sacrifice coming out of Hebrews 9 14 how much more shall the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God Hebrews 9 and 14 and finally Christ our example coming from 1 Peter 2 and 22. Christ, who did not sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. 1 Peter 2 and 22. Jesus modeled for us what sinless living looks like. Does he expect the same for us? Perhaps he doesn't expect sinlessness, but he does desire that we be sanctified and holy. Sanctified and holy. That is an expectation that he has for us. 
And it says, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. He does expect us to live daily and strive for the mark of the high calling of Jesus Christ. Christ's work upon the cross rendered sin inoperative in our lives. Therefore, we are not to let sin have dominion over us. Let me say that again. Christ's finished work on the cross rendered sin inoperative. It can't operate. It's not able to impact it unless we open that door. Therefore, we are not to let sin have dominion over us. We do have free choice. As Christ died to sin, we too must become dead to sin and proclaim that we are no longer under Satan and sin's control. That's it for today. Like I said, next week we'll continue our discussion around Lent. And next week we're going to spend time talking about holiness and how uh, what God's expectations are around holiness. Now, as I mentioned, we are not sinless like our Savior was. And sin does keep us separated from our relationship with God and all the blessings that he has for us. So if you would like to be in right relationship with the Father and in fellowship with Jesus Christ, I invite you today to accept him as your Lord and Savior. Go to our website, itwministries.org and go to the tab that is listed as an invitation. Accept him today and begin to move forward as he moved forward to the cross. Move closer to him so that you can uh, benefit from all of his love, his acceptance, and all that he has in store for you. That's it for today. You have a blessed week, and we look forward to being with you next week on Morning Reflections. Bye-bye.